Has it occurred to you that the systems we live by are not designed to get results? We pay for procedures instead of outcomes, focusing on emergencies rather than preventing disease and living a healthy lifestyle. For over 25 years, I've taken care of Olympians, Paralympians, A-list actors, and Fortune 1000 companies. If I did not get results, they did not get results. I realized that while powerful people who control the system want to keep the status quo, if I were to educate the masses, you would demand change. So I'm taking the gloves off and going after the systems as they are. Join me on my mission to create a new tomorrow as I chat with industry experts, elite athletes, thought leaders, and government officials about how we activate our vision for a better world. We may agree and we may disagree, but I'm not backing down. I'm Ari Gronich, and this is Create a New Tomorrow Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Create a New Tomorrow. I'm your host, Ari Gronich, and I have with me JJ Flazanes. She is an empowerment strategist, host of the Fit to Love podcast show, director of Invisible Fitness, Amazon bestseller uh, of Fit to Love, how to get physically, emotionally, and spiritually fit to attract the love of your life. And I could go on. She's got so many credentials, including uh, named the best personal trainer in Los Angeles by Elite Traveler Magazine. And that is a big deal because there are a lot of personal trainers in Los Angeles, just saying. So uh, JJ, why don't you tell us a little bit about how you became this amazingly credentialed woman and powerhouse? Um, well, like you, I ask the hard questions. Uh, I, and I, and I don't settle for status quo. I am an independent thinker. I've always thought, well, if they can do it, I can do it. And how do I do it? And I've always been a good problem solver. And the more information I get, the more problems I can solve. And when someone would come with a problem I didn't know the answer to, I'd go learn something else. So I have a pretty extensive toolbox with many, many tools that I customize for clients and shows and whomever we're talking to, uh, whether it be about health and fitness, law of attraction, astrology, relationships, or even business and podcasting. Uh, yeah, I've just, I love learning. And I also like you believe and see things very differently, limiting beliefs in people who think, well, this is the way it is. And I go, no, that's the way you've accepted that it is. And that's the way you are co-creating that it stay when you focus on what is. So how do we get out of that? Because I believe that if you believe you can do it, you can. It doesn't matter the circumstances or how many other people say you can't. So for me, uh, it's really just about, I, I deeply care about transformation in people and giving them empowerment and hope. That's awesome. You know, you're actually leading, you, you've led me into a, an area that I, Am, uh, am very passionate about, which is why do people stay with the status quo? Why do, why do we see a system that doesn't work, that's broken, and yet accept it as it is, as though we can, there's nothing we can do about it? So I like to, to discover a little bit about what you've discovered of the psychology of that and how to get people to shift outside of the status quo so that they can really make a difference in their own lives. I think the first thing I want to point out is that there are different levels of consciousness. So not everybody is curious. Not everybody sees things the same way. Not everybody takes a broader perspective. And that's where I started using astrology to sort of make sense of some of those things. And in terms of like why, why do I look at this and see it one way and react one way? And why does someone looking at the same exact thing react the opposite way? There's no right way. And, and I think we're all on a spiritual path of awakening and understanding if we're taking the cues. And that's where not everybody takes the cues. So, um, you know, there's a, there's a basic law of attraction principle, and it's that you're the creator of your own reality. And without the proper science at the time for me to understand that at a deeper level, I resonated with it 100% and I knew it. And I thought to myself, well, I'm the creator of my own reality and I don't like something. Heck, I can change it. That's great news. But then there are people who hear that statement, you're the creator of your own reality. And they go, I wouldn't have created any of this. That can't be true. No, I didn't. Don't shame me. I didn't make a big mistake by attracting these things. I don't want these things. I don't like these things. But as you know, and any kind of therapeutic or psychological outlook on life, there's really only two positions. You're either a victim or you're the creator of your own reality. That's it. There's only two. You either somehow affect 
what happens to you and attract it or you're a victim to it. And 100% of the time when you're a victim to it, you will not find success or happiness, freedom or peace in whatever you're dealing with because you're always disempowered. But if you take the role of I'm responsible for every single gosh darn bit of it, then we have some room to play with how you shift it. So one is taking power away and giving it away and one is taking it back. And what gets in the way for a lot of people is they don't understand the how, so that gets them tripped up because they've been taught to believe that, you know, they don't know that energy is everything. They think that this matter, this desk is, you know, it's just, it's just a desk. It's wood. It's not matter. It's not energy. Or that their emotions or that um, why they see the way things the way they do. There are certain, let's say, astrological signs that have a very right and wrong, very right and wrong. And they don't understand why other people don't see it the same way. So take all that, put it together. And the reason why people stay stuck, well, a couple of things. One, it's whatever life lesson they've got going on that they need to work out. But a lot of people don't even know. I didn't know. I was, I was definitely a really very well-versed victim growing up. I could tell you exactly why you hurt my feelings and exactly what never to do again so that you wouldn't do it again to me. And I thought, oh, I'm a good communicator because I am telling you, I'm picking out the exact thing you did that upset me and I'm telling you not to do it again. And so, yeah, that doesn't work. Um, and then when I heard you're the creator of your own reality, it changed my life completely. And I felt a new kind of empowerment. And I, I looked back on what I had accomplished to that point. That was about 2002. And I could see how when I believed something positive, when I felt like I had such a desire for something to manifest and I put my mind to it and I took action based on supporting that unforeseen uh, success that I hadn't had yet, but I was determined to create, it worked. And I didn't know about any of these things then. But as I reflected back and I thought, wow, I made that happen. I made that happen. I made that happen because I intended it to. Well, if I made all those positive things happen because I intended it to, it also meant that I attracted the negative things. So, you know, again, when it comes to emotion and, and psychology and understand behavior. Like, I mean, for crying out loud, my, my own parents, I mean, my, I would tell my parents everything I was learning and want to help them. A, they're not asking for help, so they don't care. Uh, my, my, they would both just listen and they'd say things like, GJ, you're deep. Okay. That is what I got from my parents um, who still to this day do the same patterns and habits that they have because they're in their bubble of safety. This is what they know. They're not curious. They're not looking to understand or take their power back in any different way. I'm not saying that they're unhappy people or anything, there's anything wrong. But when contrast happens, a fight happens, something they don't want happens, you know, they have the same patterning. And it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. So I think some people just get real stuck. And they're, again, there's people who are not going to be conscious until they cross over. So that's just how, you know, that's the, you know, when you have different flavors in a, in a, or all the different colors of sprinkles, but please don't eat sprinkles. They have dye in them. Um, but when you look at all the different colors, like people the same way, there's all different sprinkle colors of people, whether it be race, religion, sexual orientation, uh, you know, we all play a part in this tapestry of life and expansion. Not everybody's going to be conscious. So you're not going to convince the people who aren't asking. I have a meme that I put out during this very unique time and space in our world. And I said, if they're not asking, they're not listening. So, so save your energy and, uh, and transcend yourself and, and allow them their journey and respect your own. Because too many times those of us who are recovering control issue people or, uh, or starting gate rescuers, everyone wants to rescue everybody else. We're not looking at the addiction of the rescuer who wants to rescue everybody else. We want to go control everybody else so that they behave in a way that pleases us or that we feel valuable. So I think that, you know, it just depends on who you are and what you want. Yeah, you know, I definitely have a place in me where where I look at things that I don't like, say, for instance, the healthcare system. And I go, okay, this is clearly, and this is clearly to me, but clearly not meant to get good results, the system as we've designed it. It's clearly meant to treat symptoms and not get to root problems and to exacerbate illness rather than create health. And so in my world, in my brain and in my world, a hundred percent of doctors know that what they're doing is not as optimal as what could be being done to give patients, for instance, the healthcare that they need to give people weight loss, diabetes control, heart disease control, stress relief, etc. And so 
I'm very passionate about moving that needle forward. And what you're saying is to not convince the naysayers, so to speak, uh, or not try to convince people who aren't looking for the solution. Um, so that's like, it, it, it's something that kind of gets a craw in me a little bit because I like to battle. <laughs> I like to debate. I like to have these conversations where we're really focused on how do we take what is and look at it for its reality and then move that needle forward so that we can have a better what is tomorrow. So it's an interesting thing. And, you know, some people are, are really going to not like the fact that you just called them victims, right? So can you unpack that a little bit more so that people can, can really get what that means to be a victim versus be a victor in any situation? So we know that there are many sciences, the top level sciences being quantum physics over 100 years old. And quantum physics, by the way, is the science behind law of attraction. So this isn't, this isn't a belief system. This is a, a reality. It's physics. Then underneath that, we have epigenetics. And epigenetics is that, you create, that the environment that you're in creates a biology, influences your body's production of neurotransmitters, of, of appropriate chemicals that match the picture that you have in your mind of your reality, of your future, of whatever you're telling yourself. That is above anything else that we're doing. Immunology, it doesn't matter. Um, it doesn't matter. What, name a science that applies to your body and epigenetics is above it. That's why it's called epigenetics. It's above your genetics. It means that your genes get expressed based on how you see the world and yourself in the world and based on the influences of those belief systems, aka also emotions. So you, you know, there's no such thing as a cancer gene, but we all have the ability to manifest cancer. It's whether or not we create an environment for our body, both mental, physical, and emotional and spiritual that allows that cancer to grow or make sure that over our lifetime, it never, ever expresses itself. So when it comes to things that just aren't true, like let's say that someone can affect you in a certain way, it, they really can't unless you let them. If you believe they can, then they will. And when it comes to being a victim, know that, and again, I mean, I even work with people who've been working with me for a while, who listen to the show, who don't realize they're in victim mentality, but they're in a loop of, well, this person, that, and because of that, I feel this. And it's like, no, no, that's not what it is. Uh, and again, we can break that down into, you know, feelings and needs and using nonviolent communication to work through what the person's true needs are. Because we as a society don't deal with our feelings. We've never been taught how to, how to think about our belief systems. And, and again, I, again, one of the tools being astrology, why does someone, why does a child out of the womb have a personality? Do you think they learned that from you? They come out with a personality and it isn't because you influenced it. It's because it's who they are in the world. And as they grow and change, their beliefs will be shaped and influenced by who, who they're modeling and what they're told. But, you know, you have two children in, in a family raised exactly the same way who respond opposite each other. And people say, I don't understand. They were raised in the same house by the same people, but they didn't interpret their situations the same. So it really becomes, it becomes about understanding the, the one thing that drives our entire lives, which is how you feel. Anything we do, anything, and anything that we want, everything, is only because we think we'll feel better when we have it. And that's a story that keeps us safe. That's a result that gives us meaning or brings us joy or love, so we think. But if we look at, like, what's the one thing that most people don't know anything about? And it's that emotional response. It's that, it's that story that we tell ourselves. It's the limiting beliefs that we carry. It's this, it's this projection of who we think we are and the limitations that has with it. I listened to your trailer show about working with the, with a paraplegic who had been told after what was 30 years, they didn't, he didn't walk. And here you come and I'm not, and I, you must, you probably have some fire in you if you're not already a fire sign, whether it be an Aries or a Sag, but, um, or have Aries, have one of those in your moon sign. Um, cause I like to debate too, cause I like to be right. Cause I'm smart. And a lot of times I am right and people hate that. But, um, <laughs> but hey, I'm also a great problem solver. So if I'm on your side, you love me because I helped you to break through stupid shit that you can't get over yourself because you can't see it. 
But that's a great example of what people do on a, that's a broad example that's really obvious about someone's ability to walk, but it's literally in our ability to succeed in anything from having love in our life, from being successful business. We have these belief systems that we don't ever really question. They just are until something happens. I, you know, I'm with um, my boyfriend, Doug Sandler. It, uh, he, he was a client of mine and we were both married. And what happened was my husband and I got separated on the same day that his ex-wife left him. And, uh, and there was this like opening, it cracked him open because people like, I used to think, oh, I, you know, I wonder if we would have met before, like we could have been together longer. And then I look at pictures and I get this energy of like, uh-uh, you were asleep. You were not awake. You were not ready for this. And it took that that situation to wake you up. Just like for a lot of people, they'll say cancer was the best thing that ever happened to me because it woke me up. It changed my life. It stopped the patterns. It showed me where I was toxic in so many areas. And when I decided to take my power back and live life differently, now I'm happier because of cancer. And that's not everybody's story, of course, as you know. Some people take the diagnosis and then they go down the path and they die. Not that everyone's not going to die. We're all going to die. But it's, but it's what do you do with that? And do you leverage your life path to teach you things? Or do you just think that everything happens like randomly? Because <laughs> it doesn't. But you can believe that. And again, no disrespect for those of you that believe that. It's not true but it's how it's going to shape your life. And it will keep you disempowered. It'll keep you depressed. It'll keep you anxious. It'll keep you in addiction of control, thinking you have to control everything. And it's just not a happy place to be. You're not going to find peace with that belief. Right. You know, I'm a Gemini, so I'm the air that fuels your fire. <laughs> well, if I did your chart, I know there's fire in you. I just don't know which or where. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sure it's somewhere, but... Uh... But the, the air is enough and the, the two personalities, you know, combined and I'm Jewish, which kind of makes the two personalities into 10. And uh, if you've ever seen, you know, 10 Jewish people in a room, you have a hundred opinions. And so <laughs> it kind of works that way. But uh, that's why I like to argue all sides of a subject. Um, and you have a, an, a picture behind you. It looks like. Uh, it's, it's one of my shows. So I have five shows, five, five podcasts that are every week. Um, and the first one was fit to love, then spirit, purpose, and energy, um, nutrition, alternative medicine, health and wealth. And then the other one isn't on here, but I have, I have five shows. So that's the picture of the show. Gotcha. Okay. So, um, the reason why I, I wanted to point that out is because you, you're so passionate about these multiple kinds of subjects and a lot of people don't know how to activate themselves so that they can even be passionate about the one thing that they're passionate about. So they'll live their lives going to work 40 hours a week, you know, watch TV when they go home and they have something stir inside them, but they don't know what to do in order to activate that in order to make that a reality in their life. How is it that health and vitality are important in that aspect? Well, again, it's all based on energy and frequency. The higher frequency, the better you feel. And if you take care of your body and you put yourself at sort of a higher level of frequency by eating clean, organic, non-GMO foods, uh, plenty of fruits and vegetables, not fruits, but plenty of vegetables, plenty of nutrients, uh, clean meats, healthy fats, uh, you know, low carb, if you lots of clean water, alkaline as well, and get your minerals in there. If you're doing all the right things for the body, the body's happy and it's clean and it's not stopped by having digestive issues of gas or bloating or, uh, you know, irritable bowel syndrome. And so when you have that kind of thing happening in your body, it drags your energy down. And if you have any pain, if you have neck pain or back pain or, you know, pain will, will drag you into that negative emotion, which isn't a place to be in touch with your intuition or your creativity. In order for you to really hear your intuition, to feel that impulse, to have that great idea, you have to be in a higher vibration. You have to be in a better feeling place. And if your body feels like crap, then you're not going to get there. So you're not doing yourself a service by eating low vibrating foods, not to mention what happens when you eat too much sugar, or have too much caffeine, you have adrenal fatigue, and you're pumping insulin through your body. So you're, you're, you're going to be sleepy and lethargic and you have brain fog, you're having gluten and dairy, and that's making brain fog and you have congestion and skin issues. Okay, none of that is going to support you hearing the inner voice that says, 
I should be doing this. Or what if I go there? So the body does absolutely propel you forward when it's healthier and you can connect with your intuition much clearer when you feel good. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I have a lot of experience with corporate wellness and that's a message that I like to get even across to the corporations who may be looking at the possibility of doing corporate wellness programs and creating a, a culture in their company of health. The benefit to them is that those things that you just mentioned, the brain fog goes away, the depression goes away, the other things that are stopping people like neck pain and back pain go away. And now all of a sudden you have a productive, loyal, help, happy, healthy member of your community that's in your business. And that spikes your bottom line. Um, you know, I look at the, the healthcare system, you and I are both, you know, personal trainers, for instance. And there's such a difference between one personal trainer and another somebody who went to one school versus another, somebody who's been um, having struggles with their health and another, how does somebody find the right person for them to go to if, you know, all they're doing is listening to somebody say, hey, you should go to my person, they're the best? Well, I mean, that could work uh, depending on if you feel in alignment with the person referring you and they are in alignment with the person who they're working with. Uh, I had to stop promoting personal training. I mean, I was, I was over it anyway, because I, if someone's not willing to do the mind, body, soul work, if you're not willing to look at the emotions, if you're not willing to look at why you overeat, if you're, looking, if you're not willing to look at why you don't put yourself first in exercise, then I don't want to have this conversation. Because I'm telling you, I work with people for 10 or 12 years who literally it was the same dance all the time. Oh, I'm going to go on this diet. Oh, I'm going to go, I'm going to count my calories over here. I'm going to do this exercise over here. And it's like, you're an emotional eater until you deal with the stress that you have in your life and you make different choices. This is the pattern that you have. You're going to either drink too much, you're going to eat too much, or you're going, whatever. And, uh, and it got to be, it was, it was maddening. And it, I started out as, yeah, personal training, I'm really good. I'm very good at all of that, uh, especially when it comes to the joints and making sure people don't get hurt biomechanically as well as physiology, using physiology to really produce results. And again, making it super efficient. So if you're going to work out, don't hurt yourself, preserve your joints and build muscle and build your metabolism. So all of that is really great. But again, it's only, it's a symptom. Someone's not working out right. Someone's not or enough or doing the right things or someone isn't eating well constantly. There's a deeper reason. And it isn't because you don't know how. It isn't because you don't know that French fries are bad for you if you eat them often, right? Balance is one thing where, you know, I believe that there is, people can have balance and, and love the things and enjoy the things that they really love within balance and find substitutions instead of restrictions. But I had to stop promoting. I, I remember I went to Arizona and I spoke at one of my clients. She was a therapist and she ha had a lot of like weight loss and, and emotional eating clients. And it was like the last time that I did that because I attracted like all kinds of people who didn't want to hear about how they could take care of their own health or what they were needed to do. They wanted the pill. They wanted, you know, weight loss and health and wellness on a general level, especially weight loss attracts all kinds. And I was really clear. I don't want to work with you pill poppers and I don't want to work with you. Like get, get lose 10 pounds quickly doing stupid shit. And I'm, I don't want to do any of that again. If you, and I learned that the hard way. So when I started my show, I didn't really even want to do personal training that much. I mean, I did because that's what I had to offer at the time. But as, as it grew and got, got successful and I was talking about law of attraction and astrology and building other programs, I'm still over here going, okay, everybody, it's time to also add back in the physical part. And I have a recent client who found me because she was searching Dr. Christian Northrup. And I had Dr. Northrup on the show twice. And she's a follower of Dr. Northrup. And then she started listening to my show. And then she reached out to me and said, she watched my webinar, she downloaded my book. And then she said, I want to work with you. And I said, okay. But I was very clear. I said, we're going to do the whole thing. Like we're going to start with the food and nutrition because that's, you know, make, it's, that's where we need to start. But we're going to get to the deep shit, which means you got to change some behaviors. We got to look at some patterns and belief systems and how you cope and understanding your emotions and your needs and, and taking responsibility for those. And she said, I know. I said, okay, because that's the only way I want to work with people now. So you have to know what your trainer knows in terms of what their goals are and what tools they use. I've got uh, two people that I work with or two people, two friends of mine that are podcasters and men. And 
one or three. I'll, I'll make three, right? And it wasn't like recently I had this aha. I had this aha that one of them who I love very much is really all about weight loss. So all of his shows, all of his conversations about weight loss, number one, weight loss, weight loss, weight loss, not health, <laughs> but weight loss. And then the other guy, I was like, oh, he's much more health and like holistic, even though I still think he cares more about what people look like. But like, I'm like, oh, he's well more, much more well-rounded. And then I got the other guy over here. It's all about how you look. So not just weight loss, but, you know, building muscle, being leaner. And they all care about that. And I'm not saying that's not okay to care about, but I just saw the differences so clearly. I'm like, oh, you're talking about deep stuff. And over here, you're talking about surface stuff. And it's why the surface stuff doesn't actually work long-term. You got to go to the deeper stuff because it's all connected. All of this is connected. Yeah. You know, one of, one of my uh, talents, I guess, one of my skill sets is doing five to 10 hour deep emotional release body work sessions. And uh, they, you know, you say the issues are in the tissues. That's a saying that we have in, in this field. The issues are in the tissues. They're stuck in your muscle cell memory. And muscles do have memory. That's how you can learn to brush your teeth a few times. And then you'll always know how to do that or ride a bicycle. Um, but they also store the memory of traumas. And especially emotional traumas linked to certain organs in the body, linked to certain aspects of your body. If you say to somebody, um, you know, who's scared, where do you feel that fear? You know, they'll all have a spot and it's going to almost inevitably be the same spot on every person or worry. You know, the worry is here. The anger is liver. I mean, I could go on anger is liver. Worry is kidneys. Um, the sweetness of life is your pancreas. Uh, so if you if you feel yourself not experiencing life's sweetness anymore or joy is in your lungs, you're not breathing deeply, right? And so we relate all this to the body in a way that, that people can understand, but they don't understand that their emotions are stored inside of their body. And so I've done a lot of work with releasing the, um, the pain body, the emotional pain body, so that we can then release the physical health conditions. So you're a law of attraction person and you do a lot of this kind of work. Tell me about a client of yours or, or some experience that you've had that's a dramatic shift, a dramatic change in how a person was because they were able to release that emotional pain. So I have a, had a client who was a client for about eight years, maybe close to 10, um, older man, um, very resistant to uh, this kind of thing. But he was a client before I kind of started the show and, and I was still talking about this stuff. I just, you know, I was testing it out on some of those uh, can't teach an old dog new tricks kind of guys. And, uh, and I'd try and he, you know, would sort of smile and, wouldn't, and I'd tell him he had back pain, lower back pain. And he had lower back pain and it'd take him out. And I'd say, that's emotional. And he'd listen and, you know, and he just didn't listen forever. And, and I got to the point where I was so frustrated at one point because he, it would take him out. He'd be out of work. He wouldn't come to work. And, and his, you know, cancer has the same kind of, well, not the same, but there are personality traits of people who are more likely to develop cancer. And there are also personality traits of the quiet angry people. <laughs> the ones who actually, one of my friends is a Gemini and he was an Indian. He meditated. He was calm, cool, collected. You would have never thought he had an angry bone in his body, but he couldn't move because of the anger in his back. And so this client, um, not a Gemini, Leo, middle child, a uh, lot of frustrations in life. I could see them. And like, we talked about them, but even though I said it and, and I'd even make a joke, he, he'd be taken out by his back pain. I'd say, Oh, what happened yesterday? And then he'd even be able to link it. He'd be linking it to a conversation, to something that happened with his brother, something that happened with his wife. And, you know, something that, okay, maybe he's kind of getting it. And then, so in terms of his life path, he got to, he had pneumonia. He got pneumonia. And I'm, and I'm sending him stuff that talks about the psychological underbelly of pneumonia and why we have that, right? And so he finally, like, that woke him up. Pneumonia woke him up. And the same book, the same podcasts, that I had recommended he watch and listen to 10 years before, eight years before that he was resistant to then now finally <laughs> woke him up. 
hasn't had back pain since. And if he gets a twinge, he knows it's emotional. (laughs) And I did a whole show with him on it because I was like, why didn't you listen? He's like, well, because you're not a doctor. And I said, okay, because he's that kind of guy, right? Forget that I say all these other things and I keep getting doctors who all the time um, basically, you know, say really good things about me and what I know. And it's fine. I'm not a doctor. He's right. I'm not a doctor. But again, I would, I know I'm not just about saying something without teaching somebody what it means. I'm not going to say you have this and leave it at that. I'm going to explain why I'm going to show you how it acts in your life so that you learn it too. And then I'm going to show you where you duplicate it all the time and why this is not a random occurrence. This is not a nerve in your back. This is not because you bent over to brush your teeth that this is, you know, so he finally got it. And then, you know, but I, it, but I, I, I hope to never do that again. It was eight years. I was like, eight years, like it took so long. And now he understands. So now, you know, he's gotten to that point. And I think he started to go to th- like traditional therapy because he sees, he sees it. He sees the stress in his life because men don't want to admit they have flipping emotions. I'm like, it's emotional. Nah, like that sounds too feminine. That sounds too weak. And I'm like, but if you ask the same men, are you stressed? oh yeah, I'm stressed. And it's like, do you understand what stress is? Stress is emotion. It's your perception of something that produces a negative emotion that you lump into stress, but it is done by your brain perceiving something and making it mean something. Stress isn't in the air like um, rain where you're, it's going to fall on you if you don't try. You, have to, you create it with the way that you see the world and you interpret things. So, um, you know, but I, and I would yell at him and his brother all the time. <laughs> So um, it doesn't have to take eight years and I've got other transformations when it comes to physical things with women and, and other clients, but that was one of the most dramatic because it literally was something I was beating him down with over the t- over time. And then he had to manifest getting pneumonia to go, oh, because he didn't want to get any sicker. He's like, oh, and then he listened to the book again and the podcast and he was like, oh, and then he started to dive deeper. And now it's like, oh, I, I get it now. And it feels good and free. And if I have a twinge of back pain, it means I'm holding on to emotion and stress and something that I need to deal with. So it was great. I finally felt like I, I, like I conquered that, like I won that one. And I was trying not to beat him down with it because I had to, you know, when someone doesn't want to learn it, they're not going to learn it. So, so you know, that's a good point. Um, but stress is the number one killer. You know, people don't really understand that stress causes cancer, stress causes heart disease, stress causes all kinds of autoimmune disease and issues like that. And so we recognize that stress is an issue. How do we shift our behavior to mitigate the stress levels in our system? So it ties into the question you asked about being a victim. When you think stress is outside of you, you're a victim to circumstance. Stress isn't outside of you because there are people handling the same circumstance differently than you are. So when you take responsibility for your story you're telling yourself, and another uh, body of work that I use a lot and kind of make my own is Nonviolent Communication by Dr. Marshall Rosenberg. And uh, there are three questions that I pull out of there. And there's also a needs and feelings list that I give away to people as well as a vibrational scale from Abraham and law of attraction to see where you are on the vibrational scale. So if you want to feel better, how can I, you're not going to jump from depression to joy. You're going to move up the scale and it may take a little time. It may take a long time, but even if you go from depression to anger, you're moving in the right direction. You don't want to stay at anger, but you want to move up the scale and you want to know that anger is better than depression and that anger is at least taking your power back when depression is giving your power away. So we have to actually be more conscious about and aware of our own like mind, of our own conscious brain, of our own possible subconscious programming. And how you do that is start to start looking at what taking responsibility again for the for the situation. So I use it's called a needs and feelings list, and I even have one right here because I use it with all my clients, and everybody has them, and I give it away on the show. Okay, so it's a needs and feelings list, and right here there's a hundred different feelings, feeling words. Most people would be able to say, well, how do you feel? I feel good. Good is not a feeling. <laughs> good is an interpretation. How are, you, how are you feeling? I'm feeling mad. Okay. There's variations of mad. That is one. Most people know mad, sad, and happy. <laughs> okay. But there are a hundred different variations of feeling words. Now, that, that's one thing. But then let's move to like where it really is for, the, for everybody. If you want to change your level of stress, you have to figure out what need of yours is not being met. What perceived need that you have that is not being met, that's causing these negative feelings. 
Now, when you can determine the need, and by the way, the need does not determine, does not rely on anybody else. So the strategy, the third step is to figure out a few, not one, a few different strategies to get your need met. And it can't require anyone else be different. You cannot tell someone else to be different so that you feel better. If it involves other people, then you can find other ways to get the need met. And maybe you ask for someone to help you, but you can't make it about them changing so you feel better. Because again, that's victim consciousness. That's saying your behavior controls the way I feel. Not true. Their behavior creates a story that you tell yourself that you respond to with negative emotion. Change the story, disconnect from the person, uh, recognize your own need, and then take care of it. And it doesn't matter. So it's one of the most empowering, like talk about transformation. Every time I do this workshop live uh, for people at any of my events, I always have at least a handful of people. It's like, because all of a sudden they don't feel victimized. They don't feel like stress is just part of life. They actually can do something about it. They can take steps to getting their needs met and then even knowing what their need is. That's a, that's a really clear thing for people to, to kind of get. And I just want them to get that a little bit deeper for them to know what it is they feel so that they can then make a decision on if that's how they want to feel or not. Um, that, that's part of what I think you're saying. Here's the bottom line. The only time you feel negative emotion is because you have a need that's not being met either a perception of a need not being met, a fear of a need not being met, or an actual need not being met. Second step, it's not anyone else's job to get that need met but yours. So you have to determine how to do that. And it could be creating a boundary. It could be, depending on the circumstance, that's why most people who are in arguments are talking about two different things. I'll give you an example. One of my clients is in business with her parents and her dad, who is not really involved in the business, but he's sort of like the head of the business, and she actually runs the business. She asked me on a coaching call, I have an inner circle membership and on the coaching call, she said to me how, like she wanted an apology because her dad was freaking out and flipping out because she created a boundary. She wanted to separate church and state and said, let's only talk about business like at these times. Well, he didn't like that. So he got very mad and he got a little bit of, like angry and not so nice in his messages because he was frustrated and she wanted an apology from him. And I said, well, he doesn't think he deserves an apology. You deserve an apology because he has something he wants to talk about and you're denying him the freedom to have that conversation. You need a boundary. He needs freedom. Let's figure out a way for both of those needs to get met and we'll have no problem. But you're not arguing about the same thing. He doesn't care. He's not trying to change your boundary. He just has something bothering him and he wants to address it. He doesn't want to wait on your timeline. He wants to be able to have a way to have an outlet. So they're two different needs. But so many times we think we're arguing about the same thing. We're not because everybody has a different need and a different perception of a need not being met. Right. So, you know, I, I'm going to relate this to kind of the riots that we've been having and some of the movements that we've been having, both the BLM movements, the Me Too movements, uh, these movements, a lot of them, you should be doing it this way, you should be, shouldn't be doing it that way. There's a lot of shoulds and shouldn'ts. There's a lot of I'm uncomfortable, so you need to change your behavior, right? With, with all of what's going on, I'm uncomfortable with you not wearing a mask, so you need to wear a mask, Right. Or I'm uncomfortable with you not we with you wearing the mask, so you need to not wear a mask. So either way it goes, we, you know, we have this immense amount of energy around what and how people should and shouldn't be communicating, what and how they should be doing, uh, and so on. And um, you know, I'll, I'll take it to this to the to the Me Too movement because I've done a lot of work with women who have had sexual abuse, and one of the things that I noticed, and I noticed this with myself, I'd done that work because I was a man who was sexually abused from age three until I was in my early teens. Over, t over time, different people, different experiences. And I thought to myself, self, you know, why am I attracting this, right? So I don't know why that would have been the, the thought that I would have had at that point. Why is this something I'm attracting and then I noticed as I started to do that work that inevitably the people who experienced that experienced it more than once. It was almost always an ongoing situation or something that happened multiple times in multiple 
different situations. And so why is it that people continually attract that victim status to themselves, even if they think that they've cleared whatever that energy is that they attracted it the first time? They still identify themselves as a victim. And I'm not saying that that's, we have to look at, again, frequency of who am I and what do I feel about myself? What's my picture? What's my, what's my amount of self-confidence, self-love, um, trust, and trusting in that things happen for a reason, believe in something bigger than you, believing in, understanding that you're not, it's not the first time that you've been here and it's probably not the last and that we're eternal beings and we don't actually die, we just recycle. So if, depending on the, the frame of mind that you have, if you're an atheist, then this is it. This is the only time I'm going to be here and none of that matters and this is all BS. And so there's going to be a certain energy surrounding everything that happens and the, and the scrutiny and the importance to what is happening right now. When you have a broader perspective, you can chill out a little bit because it's like, it's not my responsibility. Like things are going to happen whether I'm here or not. The earth has been spinning on its axis for billions of years and it will continue to do so. And me acting like a jerk and putting plastic on the street and then the ocean, while it's not good for anybody, it isn't going to all of a sudden make the earth explode. But it's that balance between those two things. I have a person that I know who was robbed and this is, or this is years ago when I, I was at the beginning of Law of Attraction and I understood it, but not to the point that I do today and, and the ability of me to answer pretty much any question in a Law of Attraction way. But she said, well, I didn't, I didn't, attra- I didn't want that. No, but she's in victim energy. She has victim energy, so she was more easily victimized because she literally lives in the space of lack of trust, looking over your shoulder, uh, worried. When you're in worry, you're out, of, you're in, out of alignment with who you are. And when you're in alignment with who you are, you get messages, you get intuitive hits, you get an impulse to turn left instead of right, which leads you into a better place than if you would have turned left. So it's when we're out of alignment with who we are and we don't trust and we're worried and we're wondering and we have anxiety and we have un, un, you know, expressed emotion and we're holding on to that this happened to me because I'm bad or I deserve this in some way or it must be something I did. That's why I went back to when you can take a situation, regardless how bad it is, and I have a, a girl that I knew, she's a business owner, and she had lost a baby. And I remember hearing like her take on that baby and how it sort of, and she, you know, she was sad, but at the same time, she celebrated the life that the baby lived for as long as it did. She celebrated the connection she could have now with the spirit in meditation, with that baby still present in a non-physical form. She transcended what a lot of people think is untranscendable. Oh, no, no, you lost a child. You'll never get over that. It's like, well, they may never get over that. But how you, how you are in relationship to that absolutely has to do with what you believe about life. And if you understand, my ex-husband's family went to, <laughs> went to Palm Springs. We were all there. And, and um, I forget which celebrity is buried there. Um, one of the Rat Pack, I think. And we went, wasn't Bob Hope. Um, but maybe, I don't know. Anyway, we went to the cemetery because I wanted to see the stone. And I wanted, and I was like in my head screaming, he's not there. <laughs> like, or when my, when my cousin passed away and we went to the funeral or, you know, when my aunt's looking in the ground, I'm like, he's not there. He's actually right here. And if everyone understood that we are mostly non-physical, then you wouldn't be so attached to this body and you would know that you can have a, an experience right now. So it's not that when someone has, it's, it's when you tell the story of I was victimized and now the world is unsafe. I must have done something wrong. I must not be worthy. I must be unlovable. Therefore, when that belief is there, you keep attracting that to prove yourself right. Because whether you believe in the law of attraction or not, whatever you believe is what you're going to manifest. So if you don't, period, it's just the way that it is. You will literally, your brain will seek out, just like in relationship, it will seek out evidence to prove you're right about whatever it is you believe. So if your belief is that I'm broken, there's something wrong with me, uh, you know, um, Gay Hendricks, I work a lot with Gay Hendricks' book, The Big Leap, and we do a lot of work around upper limits and the four reasons why people upper limit themselves. And the first one is feeling fundamentally flawed. And even though most people don't want to admit to that, I'm amazed at how many people don't actually recognize that within themselves. It's like 
that's one of the major beliefs that keep us in victim because you believe somewhere because your dad didn't treat you the way you wanted him to, your mom didn't give you the love that you wanted, your girlfriend or boyfriend dumped you when you were 12, whatever circumstance happened to you that made that angered a belief that I'm not good enough, I'm not smart enough, and I don't deserve love, that keeps manifesting in someone's life when that's not addressed because it's not true. But when you believe it's true, your life will reflect that you think it's true by what attracts in your life. So let's give, uh, let's give the listeners some techniques that they can do uh, in order to express that and kind of get over those, those belief systems. So whether, no matter what they are, you know, if somebody's listening in, they're probably going, aha, 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 during this conversation going, yep, that's me. Yep, that's me. I feel that. So what can they do in order to shift those long-term lifelong belief systems in an actual way that actualizes the difference long-term doesn't just talk to the surface of it. Well, 12% of our brain is conscious and the other 88% is subconscious. So uh, while the subconscious rules you and those belief systems, I wouldn't actually start there. I would start with the conscious brain. I would start with what you can hear yourself think and hear yourself talk about. And I would recommend, and I can give you the link, it's judgeoflazanes.com forward slash feelings list. You can download the list I just showed you along with the uh, Abraham Law of Attraction um, frequencies of emotion, the, the emotional scale, so you can see where, where you are. And those are two documents that you can use every day to say, where was I today? What dominant emotion did I carry with me all day long? And if you're in the negative zone on the, on the feeling, on the scale, well, that's the frequency that you're at. That's what you're attracting, things of like, of like frequency and vibration. So how do you get a little higher? How can you reach for joy? How can you focus more on things that bring you happiness and joy and freedom? On the flip side, I think it'd be great emotional learning. I actually had uh, re- recommended this for a teenager once recently. <clears throat> you take the feelings and needs list and you print up 20 of them. And every day, Anytime you get a ping of like some negative emotion, you're frustrated, you're mad. Because look, if you're happy, you're not doing this. You don't care. You're happy. You're good. It's only when you're negative. So I'm worried. I have, I, I, you know, I can feel, I can't sleep. You go to the list and you can circle, like date the list. Maybe, maybe you can, maybe if you know why, oh, I had a fight with my husband or wife, you write the fight. And then you, you just do the exercise. Step one, what, what am I feeling? Circle the feelings. Step two, look at the needs. What need is not being met? that's causing this feeling but perceived need step three what strategies can i take to get the need met that don't require that person to be different okay what can i do because what like a lot of moms i have another client of mine in the inner circle and she was on the coaching call saturday as well and she was talking about how she's tired and her husband and she loves her husband and she supports her husband and but he takes seven hours to go work with his band and she raises the two kids and goes to work and takes care of him and maybe gets 15 minutes of meditation i'm like honey you need balance you need freedom and space so I think it's time to ask your husband, hey, for every seven hours you get, can I have two? <laughs> like, can we renegotiate this time slot? Because it's very simple. You're overwhelmed. You're dealing with your kids, your husband, your job, running the house, and you don't have any space or time for you. So you very simply have a need for space. That's it. So now how can you get that need met? Well, you can ask your husband to help. And if he can't, then you can maybe ask a neighbor. That was one of my suggestions. Do you have a neighbor or someone close by with kids of the same age? And you can swap. One day they take them, the other day you take them. That way you always have a day scheduled once a week or so to give yourself space. Especially moms think, well, I should be able to do it all. No, you need need space. So that would be my suggestion to start to uncover and put words and, and awareness and consciousness to your needs. And it's not needs meaning you're needy. We all have, there's 86 needs on that sheet. You have 86 basic human needs. Rest is one of them. Play is one of them. How many people need play? Lots of people need play. Um, Laughter. How many people need laughter? Freedom, right? So these are things when you, and you can even just do the exercise of just circling the needs you have in general. Forget you're in a, in a, in a trigger moment. Just say, hey, which one, of the, which one are, or all of these needs are not being met for me currently? And then just circle all the, the major players that probably run your choices and your reactions to your life. Yeah, you know, Maslow's hierarchy of needs as well is, is a great tool for figuring out just the basic needs of living and, and being... Uh, 
being a human being, you know, shelter and food and like, because that's in many cases, people are, are struggling with Maslow's hierarchy of needs right now, especially with COVID and the current situation, people been out of work for so long and, and so on, it, their needs are being, you know, not met. And so it's a great, uh, it's a great tool. I love the nonviolent communication tools. One of my close friends is Scott Katamas, who's known as Love Coach Scott, and he works with uh, nonviolent communication and compassionate communication and those kinds of things. And um, so that's a really great tool. Uh, is there maybe two other tools that you could recommend for somebody who is struggling with their health, struggling with their life in general, and they do want to change. They just don't even know where to start. Well, I mean, the, the free tools I have obviously are behind me in my shows, right? So um, I address a lot and you can just take a look at the show and see something that sticks out. I have a show that I recently published maybe eight weeks ago ca called How to Feel Better Right Now. And that's a tool right there. I give you three law of attraction tools within that show to use to feel better right now. And again, it is based in law of attraction, but anyone can hear it or use it or utilize it. And maybe you don't do all three of them, but maybe you use one of them. Uh, but the show is free. And again, I give tools all the time. In fact, one of my uh, mastermind clients said to me, you, you need to do a better job of telling people that you give real tools. She's like, I listen to Oprah, I listen to Brene Brown, but like, they don't give me tools. Like you give me actual things to do. And I was like, okay, so what do you want me to do? <laughs> like just tell people that I give tools. Like people who listen to my show don't need to work with me necessarily because they get enough tools that they figure it out on their own. And then I get an email saying, you changed my life. It's amazing. And I'm, I've never met them or talked to them because I give the tools of here's how I give the books, I give the resources, just go do it. And if you get stuck and you want help, of course, I'm happy to work with you. But I would say how to feel better right now. I'm not even going to give you an episode number because it appears on all of the shows. Mm -hmm. So just pick which one you're attracted to and find how to feel better right now. Awesome. Thank you so much. Um, you know, is there anything else that you feel could be beneficial to the audience? Because you know, as, as I said at the beginning, we are here to create a new tomorrow, to, to really master what is so that tomorrow can be better than it is today. And one of my sayings is we made this shit up. It's all a figment of our imagination anyway. You know, we created society. We created the buildings that are in the society. We created the laws that are in the society. We created the money. And a lot of people take that money thing and the housing thing and they think that it's real. They think that it is reality and they have to live their life in order to get it rather than live their life knowing that it is what is the result of what they love. And so, you know, I'm, I'm just looking for something that, that really drives home. We made this up. We can make it up better, and that's your life too. So thoughts become things. It has to be a thought before it's a thing. So your thoughts literally create your reality. Another great episode on my show was with uh, Dawson Church from Mind to Matter. Again, also talking about epigenetics and quantum physics. And um, it, it can't exist unless someone has a thought about it. So your thoughts are more powerful than you think. And what is is a result of past thought that created your reality now. But your thoughts now are creating your future. And if you just keep thinking about what is, you keep getting more of what is. So how do you, it's, it's not the easiest thing to start doing when you're so good at just reacting to what is for sure. But just like exercise, the more you practice it, the more you do it, the more it becomes natural. You know, I was walking on the beach today with my boyfriend, Doug, and I realized after we had a conversation about something that I manifested something so cool that I, it was, it was almost amazing to me because I am a great manifester, but sometimes because I've been living in such a high frequency for so long recently, and, and when contrast happens to me, that's another thing to say. I don't live a contrast-free life. You know, when things happen, you leverage the contrast. You say, this bad thing that I don't like is showing me what I want now. And so you focus forward on the what now versus being complaining about the what is of whatever's happened to you to ask for something better. And then you act in accordance to, it's like, a, you know, I explain law of attraction, like a, a dial on a radio. If you're wanting to listen to 93.7 FM, 
you're not going to hear what's on that station if you're on 101.2. We all understand that frequency very clearly. Yet somehow emotions and frequency make us like black out. We're like, I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, it's really simple that when you're in a, your emotions are your frequencies. And when you're in, when you create in your mind, like I said at the beginning of the show, the only reason you want anything you want, health, a relationship, money, whatever, you just want it because you think you'll feel better when you have it. But you can feel better now without having it. And in fact, you have to feel better now to get it. If you can't believe it's true, if you can't see it in, its, in the future, if you can't feel it and actualize it in your brain as a reality, then it can't come true. So my, uh, my boyfriend's a, he's a podcaster, podcast producer. He's, he's, he's a bar mitzvah DJ and he also does weddings and he hasn't worked in a while, obviously, right? He has all his things were canceled because of live events. And, and I miss that part of him DJing because he's a great dancer. He takes command of the room and he's funny. And, uh, and not to mention, I would love to be dancing. I haven't danced in a while. So I said to him one recently, I said, I, I really miss you DJing. Not that I want him to fly back and forth all the time. And then I had said to him maybe a month before that, I'd like to go to a wedding with you sometime. Like him as a DJ, like I'd like to accompany to a wedding. And let's add to this that I don't want to get on a plane to go all the way to the other side because I don't like wearing masks because they're stupid. Um, sorry, everybody who disagrees with that, but the particle of a virus is smaller than, than the mask holes that you have unless you're wearing plastic. And, and as you, I'm sure you know, your instinct says, I want to breathe oxygen. And the longer we stop doing this, the more fear takes over and people get sick because they're literally making themselves sick by the fear that they're in. Um, will I wear a mask when I have to to walk into a grocery store? Of course, but I don't want to wear one and make people think that I agree with this at all on any level. So I'm not going to suffer on a plane for six, six hours <laughs> to go back to the East Coast uh, with a mask on and be muzzled and want to kill myself. So, um, and I'm sorry if that upsets any of you, but it's, I don't, I, I'm all about you do what's best for you, but don't tell me what to do about me. My intuition knows what's right for me and knows what's best for my body as well as yours does. I won't tell you not to do it, but don't tell me to do it. That's, again, this whole victim thing. If people understood the power they had to control their own health, that someone who has, doesn't have a mask on, if you think they can affect you, your stress level, your cortisol levels, your immune system will respond to that belief system, making it true. You actually, I went to Italy during, <laughs> during COVID uh, and right, I could have people, I didn't care. I'm not, I'm untouchable in this right now because I don't, I don't subscribe to that. I take good care of myself. My immune system rocks. I am in a high frequency. So digress. Uh, anyway, I didn't want to go back to the East coast with him for this wedding. And I, and there's also in Manhattan beach, we have fireworks every Christmas and I love it. It's my favorite, favorite thing. And so I'd heard him yesterday say, Hey, I don't see anything on the schedule for December 12th. I just got a gig a wedding. And I was like thinking, oh, it's in, it's on the East coast and he's going to miss the fireworks. And I said, oh, okay, go, well, you'll miss the fireworks. And then today I was walking and I said, so are you going to go back in November and December? And he said, no, the wedding's here. I said, the wedding's here in San Diego on the 12th, which means I can come with you, go to a wedding. You're going to DJ. We're going to go to the fireworks the next day. I couldn't have made it better. I'm like, and then of course we had a wine tasting weekend scheduled that weekend, which we moved to the weekend before. So it like all fit perfectly. The universe is conspiring. God, source energy, whatever you think, whatever your higher power is literally conspiring for your good, but you have to be open to receiving it. And one thing most people are terrible at is receiving, allowing, surrendering, release control, trusting on a much deeper level, trusting that there's a reason for things, trusting you have power beyond you even, your even understanding of the power that you have and trusting that you can change and you can change anything you want to as long as you want to and as long as you want to do the work to adjust whatever you need to to do that. So don't be fooled. You are not powerless. You are not a victim and you have the power to create any change that you want to in your life. And that is what I would leave everybody with. Nice. Well, I, I appreciate that. Uh, you know, you mentioned the, the particle size. I've been mentioning particle size on masks. You know, the masks take do 10 microns. The virus is 0.1 micron. And, you know, one is bigger and, than the other, and it's not the right one. So if you're breathing and somebody sneezes on you and you're wearing a mask, you're going to suck that virus right into the, into the mask and breathe it in. So I say, you know, I grew up with, uh, with etiquette classes, uh, Emily Post, you know, and we, we learned to cover our faces when we were coughing or sneezing. 
So, you know, the, the, the entire argument that I've heard is that you don't want the speed to go out 10 to 15 feet at 100 whatever miles per hour of a sneeze and whatever it is of a cough. Well, if you cover your face, it's not going to go out. So if you, you know, just do proper etiquette. <laughs> but uh, no, I, I totally appreciate that. And, uh, and, you know, what you're saying is live your best life. And if you have something that's an obstacle, turn it into a solution versus become a victim to that obstacle. Right. So if you can imagine yourself, you're in an obstacle course of called life. And the idea is not to get stopped. It's to take the obstacle and either move around it, above it, below it, you know, somehow through it. Now you're having a completely different perspective. And so I really appreciate that because I don't think that people understand what they consider to be a victim they might consider somebody else to be victim, not them, right? However, they're displaying that victim status about the other person. And so I know for me and in, in my marriage uh, that is uh, no longer, there was a lot of that on both sides. And, uh, and it's, it's not the thing that helped get rid of those situations, right? <laughs> it, it was the blunt force of the situation of the divorce or the blunt force of, of trauma that allowed me to shift. And, you know, I, I've, I've told people this before. Somebody asked me how I became who I am. And I said, trauma, trauma forged me like steel, like a sword. It's folded and fired and cooled and fired and you know that was what forged me into becoming somebody that can be here and and talk to you and and there was a long time that I had trouble I wouldn't be on a camera I was told that I I had a great face for radio and uh, <laughs> and I believed that at some point and so you know there are so many places and ways for me, for you, for the audience to grow and shift what they are. And, you know, I'll, I'll leave it with this. Jim Rohn used to say, and I'm going to paraphrase what, what, his, what he said, but basically he said that people have the unique ability to see something there before it is in existence. So, for instance, he's talking about a hotel. And the hotel, somebody had to see the hotel there before there could be a hotel there. They had to be able to see it. Then they had to be able to draw it. Then they had to be able to, you know, but it, it all started out in the imagination. And what you just said about your life and about the things that you've been able to manifest, that's exactly the same thing. It's, it's, we have that ability to vision what it is that we want and then act to create that and wouldn't it be better if you're, say, have a five-year goal, right, that to, you know, he says, uh, and I'm going to paraphrase again, you're, in five years, you're going to arrive. You're either going to arrive at a well-designed destination or an undesigned destination. Don't you want to arrive at a well-designed destination? Well, in order to design it, you have to vision it first. You have to see it done. You have to experience the emotions of it. That's kind of law of attraction. You have to experience the emotions of it being done before it's ever come into reality. Isn't that right? Absolutely. That's where thoughts become things. And you're, and again, you can be happy about something that hasn't happened now just with the thought of it. And it's no different than the thing being here, except that we think we're going to wait to feel the feelings when it's concrete and it has to be in alignment with your feelings before it can become concrete. And by that time, you don't even need it anyway. It's the idea that I'm just doing it because I want to feel better. Well, you have the power to feel better now. And then you'll attract what's 
necessary or right or that vision. I didn't, I didn't work on trying to get Doug a gig in I, you saw, I was so surprised when he said, I just assumed, no, oh, it's going to be back there because that's where the agency is. And I mean, he's never had a gig here like that. And I mean, it was so perfect. I was ecstatic and I didn't even try. Why? Because I let go because I don't need it to be happy. I just thought, oh, that'd be nice. That'd be nice. I'd love to have that. And then I had it all. And, and that can happen in your life all the time. That is awesome. We're going to leave the audience with that thought. It can happen in your life all the time. So JJ, how can people get a hold of you again? Just give us uh, your, your details so that somebody, if they want to work with you, can do so. Sure. JJFlizanes.com. So JJFlizanes.com and forward slash podcast to check out the podcast. You can do forward slash feelings list to get those downloads that I talked about. And uh, you can also do forward slash book if you want to get a copy of my free book, The Invisible Fitness Formula, Five Secrets to Release Weight and End Body Shame. But it's all at jjflazanes.com. Awesome. Thank you so much. And this has been another episode of Create a New Tomorrow. I hope you got an amazing uh, amount of information and wrote a lot of notes so that you can take this down and actualize what it is you're doing in your world and what you're passionate about so that you can create a new tomorrow. I'm your host, Ari Gronich, and thank you so much for being here. We'll see you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to this podcast. I appreciate all you do to create a new tomorrow for yourself and those around you. If you'd like to take this information further and are interested in joining a community of like-minded people who are all passionate about activating their vision for a better world, Go to the website, createanewtomorrow.com and find out how you can be part of making a bigger difference. I have a gift for you just for checking it out and look forward to seeing you take the leap and joining our private paid mastermind community. Until then, see you on the next episode.